the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City, WLCC, Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded. First thing I want you to notice from the statement by Paul is just how different his words are now than what his words were, his previous words about his days as a religious Pharisee. Just note how he expresses himself, how different he is. When he described himself before his conversion, notice this, it was all about him. All about him. I used to persecute the church. I was advancing in Judaism. I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. Everything is I, I, I. But in talking now about his conversion, notice his emphasis is not on me, not on I. It's on what God did in his life. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We're studying the book of Galatians. The message of the book is a defense of the simple message of salvation by faith in Christ alone. The reason Paul wrote this epistle was that false teachers had come into the churches in Galatia, teaching that Gentile Christians needed to keep the Jewish law in order to be saved. In addition, these teachers attacked Paul's legitimacy as an apostle, and thus the validity of his message. In the part of the book we're looking at today, Paul is defending the divine origin of the gospel, telling what kind of person he was before he met Christ, and then how God changed him and revealed to him all that Jesus had taught his disciples during his earthly ministry. Paul, as we saw in our last program, made an adamant claim that before his conversion, his understanding of how to inherit eternal life was completely different than it was when he preached to the Galatians. Now let's move on to a point Paul made that we should find very encouraging. Here's Pastor Steve. Now that leads me then to a second and very significant issue which I trust will be of great encouragement to all of us. And the issue is this, if the Lord could save the Apostle Paul as hardened as he was to the gospel, then you know what? He can save anyone. He can save anyone. Anyone that he chooses to save, he can save. There is no one so sinful or so hardened that cannot be converted. Now, from our perspective, we look and say, impossible for this person to come to faith. But that's our perspective. With God, all things are possible. God is the one who changes the heart. Most of us do know people who we would say are extremely hardened to the gospel. Might even be in your own family. They're so opposed to Christianity that you can't even talk to them about the gospel. Not anymore. They won't let you. And it is easy to conclude that this person will never come to faith in Christ. But don't make that conclusion. Don't make that conclusion. You don't know. Because if Paul can be converted as hard as he was towards Christ, then it ought to encourage you that the hardest person that you know can be converted to. Remember, Paul said he was the chief of sinners. That is an exact, inspired, accurate statement. 
there's nobody who's ever been worse than Paul. He was not exaggerating. Paul tried to eliminate Christianity, not just kill a few Christians. To my knowledge, no one person has ever attempted that but Paul. In fact, Paul speaks of his testimony and why he was saved in 1 Timothy chapter 1. I think you'll be pleasantly encouraged to see this. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Break in at verse 12 and we read this. Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am foremost of all. Now, let's stop here for a moment, but we'll pick it up in a few minutes. Paul tells us what he was like, but understand this, he was not like some of the Pharisees we have read about in the New Testament. Yes, Paul was fanatic, Paul was more zealous than all of them, but he was a little different in this sense, When we read about Jesus in the gospel accounts and the Pharisees who opposed him, these men, at least most of these Pharisees, they heard him teach. To our knowledge, we don't know that Paul ever heard Jesus teach during his earthly ministry. But these other men heard Christ teach. They knew the truth about Jesus. They they saw his miracles. They knew who he was, and they deliberately chose to reject him even though they knew him, knew who he was. They saw the miracles and they said he's demonic. Paul wasn't like that. Paul was simply a zealous Pharisee who really believed with all of his heart that he was protecting God's honor by persecuting Christians. He was a religious fanatic who sincerely believed that the way to be saved was to earn it by keeping the Jewish laws, even though he was absolutely wrong and there's no excuse for for Paul. Paul said, I did it ignorantly. Paul really didn't know the truth, whereas many of the other Pharisees did know the truth. They chose to reject the truth. And Paul, sincere, but wrong. And God showed him how wrong he was by saving him. Notice what Paul proceeds to say uh, in 1 Timothy 1 about why God saved him in particular. Verse 16, this is just precious. Yet for this reason, I found mercy. So that, here's the reason Paul was saved, at least one of the reasons, so that in me, as the foremost, meaning foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Why did the Lord save this man? The Lord saved Paul in order to put him on display for all generations to see of his example, God's example of his incredible patience, and mercy in saving even the worst of sinners. That's why I say, Paul. See, no matter how much we've sinned, no matter how much you've sinned or someone you know has sinned, God can save them. Paul's living proof of that. He's not dead proof, by the way. He's alive. He's with the Lord. His life has been on display for 2,000 years for us to say, wow, if God can save this man, there's hope for anybody. Hope for anybody. 
Because Paul is living proof that God saves wretched sinners. Listen, you may have done so many things that you're ashamed of, and you don't think that you can ever be forgiven, can ever be saved, but that's not true. Christ came into this world to save sinners, not righteous people, even the chief of sinners. I recently read about a man who was a very high figure in the mafia, yet he came to faith in Christ. In fact, at one time, this man was considered the second highest person in the New York City mafia. This man was a thief, a murderer, an extortionist. Concerning this man, the piece I read about him states this, and I quote, his heart was so cold that when hardened criminals looked into his eyes, they saw nothing but death. A friend, though, had invited this man to church, and after the service, he met the pastor of the church who lovingly told this sin-hardened criminal, not knowing his background at all, he said, when I look into your eyes, all I can see is a little boy crying, just wanting to be loved. Well, that hit a nerve with this man because his story is this. After getting beaten so many times as a little boy by his father, he had vowed that he would never cry again. As a 10-year-old boy, he said that. He'll never cry again. So when the pastor said these words, he just exposed his heart. This mafia leader decided he was so upset with this man for exposing him, what was really in his heart, that he decided he was going to come back that night with the intention of murdering the pastor. Now, don't get any ideas. I'm just telling you, this is just a story. (laughs) Just a story. It's a true story. But don't go from here with that on your mind. Well, when this man arrived at church that night, he found that he just couldn't go through with it. That you want to remember. That, keep in mind. Instead, uh, after the service, he and the pastor began to talk, and the pastor began to share with him his need for Christ and the gospel. And at first, the mafia leader just laughed at the thought of him becoming a Christian because he was such a wicked sinner. Here's what he said to the pastor. He said, Pastor, if these people in the church found out who I was, they'd throw both of us out of here. I'm probably... He said, the biggest sinner you'll ever see if you live to be a million years old. These people here don't want me. I'm a sinner. So in order to convince the pastor that he was too bad for God to save, this mafia leader began to tell him about all the crimes he had committed over the last 30 years. But the more the pastor responded by telling him about Christ and about the gospel of grace, the softer this man's heart became. So finally, he just broke down in tears, confessing his sins to the Lord and trusting Christ to be his Lord and Savior. Folks, no sinner is beyond saving. If the Lord saves men from the mafia, the second in in command in New York City, and fanatical Pharisees like Saul of Tarsus, then he can save you as well. And anyone who is hardened to the gospel. Listen, we were all hardened to the gospel at one point. We may not have done all the things outwardly that this mafia leader did. We may not have persecuted the church like Paul did, but we were hardened to the gospel. And if God saved us, he can save anybody. Now, going back to Paul's arguments in Galatians, he has told the Christians of these churches in Galatia that there's no way that he could have come up with this gospel message of grace on his own or that some man could have given it to him because that would have been impossible before his conversion. He was an angry opponent of the message of salvation by faith. But listen, it wasn't only Paul's life prior to his conversion that proves that the gospel that he preached was revealed to him by God. 
as Paul proceeds to unfold what he has to say about his life, he tells us that his very conversion to Christ also proves that the message of salvation by faith was given to him by God. And so Paul moves on in telling his life story, moving from his pre-conversion days to his actual conversion. Verses 15 and then into verse 16. But when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. First thing I want you to notice from the statement by Paul is just how different his words are now than what his words were, his previous words about his days as a religious Pharisee. Just note how he expresses himself, how different he is. When he described himself before his conversion, notice this, it was all about him. All about him. I used to persecute the church. I was advancing in Judaism. I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. Everything is I, I, I. But in talking now about his conversion, notice his emphasis is not on me, not on I, it's on what God did in his life. He tells us God chose him by setting him apart in his mother's womb. God called him by calling him to salvation. And God, the father, revealed his son in him. See, something radical has happened to Paul, something very radical. He's been changed from a self-centered, totally self-absorbed individual to someone now who is God-centered. Folks, that's the mark of conversion. That's the mark of conversion. We still struggle with self, but we're not consumed with ourselves. Life is not all about us. That's the mark of an unsaved person. Now, our focus is on God. Before it was on self. That's the unregenerate man. Something happened to Paul. What happened that he was so radically changed. It's the event known as conversion. Conversion simply means turning around. It's God who turned him around. And these verses describe God's grace and work of grace in Paul's life as he turned him around from a Pharisee to an apostle. Now notice specifically how Paul describes his conversion. It is all centered on what the Lord did rather than on what he did, as I just said. And that's precisely Paul's argument In defending himself, the false teachers had accused Paul of preaching a man-made gospel, but he declares here that no man had anything to do with it. No man had anything to do with turning him from a zealot for the law into one who proclaimed grace alone. It was all done, note this, by the sovereign power of God, which he describes in three stages. Folks, that's his point. God did it. Number one, first he says in verse 15, but when God who had set me apart, even from my mother's womb. Now, Paul is claiming that God sovereignly chose him to be a Christian and an apostle even before he was born. In other words, Paul didn't choose his calling for himself. God selected him prior to his birth. And he doesn't mean by this that God chose him when he was in his mother's womb. It took place a lot further back than that. In Ephesians 1, we we read that we are chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, in eternity past. Long before Paul started murdering Christians, God chose him to be a Christian and someone who would help other people become Christians. That's God's sovereignty in election. And here's Paul's point in, in saying this. If God is the one who called him to be an apostle and a preacher of the gospel, then he personally didn't have anything to do with it himself, nor did anyone else. 
So the gospel he preaches, that's all of God's doing. It started when the Lord predestinated him for this work. It's true of any of us. Salvation is initiated by God as it starts in his mind in eternity past. Second stage in turning Paul from a zealot for the law into a preacher of grace is found at the end of verse 15. He said, but when God who set me apart, even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. This is a reference to that moment when Paul was on the road leading to the city of Damascus that Jesus called Paul to stop persecuting him and his people and to believe in him. This is the precise time of Paul's conversion. It's when God intervened, interrupted Paul's life and brought him to salvation. He called him to faith. That is to say this, having elected him to be a Christian and an apostle in eternity past, the Lord now made that a reality in saving him at a certain point in time. This happens to all of us. We don't necessarily have the same dramatic type of of events surrounding our conversion, but it happens this way. God elects us, and then he moves in our lives, intervenes at a point in time, and calls us to come to him. Now, consider the significance of this statement. Paul, who was a bitter opponent, the most bitter opponent of Jesus Christ and a persecutor of his church, was called by God. What mercy to become a Christian and an apostle. How do we explain this? How do we explain Paul's conversion? It certainly can't be psychological, Paul wasn't looking for Christ. He didn't even think he needed salvation. Yet, God in his grace and mercy sovereignly reached down and called him to faith in Christ. And that is certainly true of all of us who have come to faith in the Lord. God is the one who initiates our salvation and then brings it to pass. So how did Paul respond to this invitation? How did he respond to this this call to believe in Jesus? He responded by believing in Jesus. That's what the elect always do. He believed in Jesus, which he explains at the end of verse 15 and just into verse 16 as the third and final stage of being turned by God from a zealous Pharisee to a Christian apostle. We read this, speaking of God, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. What grace. That's what pleased God. Paul states that the whole purpose of his selection and calling was to reveal Christ to him so that he would preach the Lord among the Gentiles. He became the apostle to the Gentiles. You see, whereas before his conversion, Paul was Christ-hating, a law-preaching Pharisee. Now he's become a Christ-loving, gospel-preaching Christian. And why? It is all because God directly revealed Christ to his heart and commanded him to preach not law-keeping to the Gentiles, but Paul, go into the Gentile world and preach the gospel of Christ to them. Preach faith alone. Now, folks, what does all this have to say to us? It says several things. Number one, first and foremost is this. It tells us that this message that we have believed about Jesus Christ, it's really divine. It's the real deal. It's not made up by any man. Its origin is in God alone. Have confidence in it. It is the gospel that God gave to Paul that he passed on to us, as well as the other apostles passed it along, inspired by the Holy Spirit. The gospel we preach, it's the same gospel Paul preached. And praise God, it was the gospel given to him by God himself. It's a gospel that transforms. Don't be afraid to use it. 
The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, Paul wrote, to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. Second, Paul's conversion reveals that the gospel that he preached is the one that we preach today, too. It's all about Christ. He's the subject matter. Paul said, so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Understand this. The gospel message is not about ourselves. It's not about some other Bible issue, as important as the other Bible issue might be. It's specifically about Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, explaining to sinners how the work of Christ affects them and salvation. So when you witness to people, tell them about Jesus. If you're going to use your life story, your testimony, just use it as a springboard into the gospel. It's not about us. It's about him. Stay on track in your witnessing. Don't get off track. Unbelievers love to try to get us off track. Don't get off track. They ask you a question, and it's a good question. Say, that's a good question. Let me just finish what I was saying, and we'll get back to that. And then, by all means, get back to it, because you just said you would. But don't let them get you off on on a tangent. The gospel is about Christ and the cross. Tell them about Christ and the cross. Third, Paul's conversion tells us that God is the one who is behind our salvation. And that if he wasn't behind it, folks, we would never be saved. Just like Paul, he elects us in eternity past. He calls us at a certain point in our lives, and then he brings us to himself by revealing Christ to us. But you know what? We do have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to respond to his call as Paul did. We respond to his call by trusting Christ alone for our salvation. Not Christ and works, but Christ alone. So the question is this, have you ever really trusted him? Are you trusting in Jesus and his death on the cross alone for your salvation? Not your good works, Not anything about you, but Christ and him alone. That was the radical change in Paul's thinking. Up until this point, it was all about him, all about the rabbi's views, all about the law. That all changed. It was Christ and Christ only. And that's why the man who was once a fanatic Pharisee became a fanatic apostle and preached grace. So regardless of the depth of your sin, Christ will save you. And he'll forgive you. His death paid for every sin of those who would ever believe. Now, if you've already come to faith in him, then have confidence. Confidence that the Lord can bring the most sin-hardened sinner to himself. You've been praying for that person. Keep praying. The Lord's arm is not shortened that he cannot save. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you that... We still have the pure gospel that you preached and gave to Paul so many years ago. It's been preserved, treasured in Scripture, and Lord, we have it. Help us to always be true to it, to preach Christ amongst the Gentiles and Christ amongst the Jewish people, Christ to the world. Lord, we pray that we'll never lose sight that the gospel is about him. It's not about us, but we thank you that it has changed us. It's transformed us, and I pray for anyone here who doesn't know Christ, that you'll open their hearts before it's too late, and that you'll draw them to yourself. Lord, for those of us who have loved ones and and friends, people we know who seem so hardened to the truth, we pray that you'll stir us to pray to them, pray to you for them, to, um, to not lose hope, 
to not lose confidence that you can save them. It's not up to them. It's really up to you. And so we ask you to change their hearts. Reveal Christ to them as you revealed Christ to us, Christ to Paul. And may we, uh, we pray with your glory in mind above everything else. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's the heart of the message of the book of Galatians. If God can save a man like Saul of Tarsus, who persecuted the church and was doing his best to stamp it out completely, there's hope for any of us. I like those three points that Pastor Steve made. Did you catch them? One, God sovereignly chooses us for salvation, not the other way around. Two, the gospel is all about Christ, not about us or about anything else. It's all for His glory. And three, if God wasn't the one behind our salvation, we'd never be saved. I'm glad you could join us today for Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class led by Pastor Steve Kreloff. He's the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Our broadcast today was the conclusion of a three-part message. The entire message can be yours on CD if you want it by calling Lakeside at 727-239-0306. That's 727-239-0306. As for message 1505, The Divine Origin of Paul's Gospel, Part 2. Another listening option is to visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You'll find hundreds of broadcasts available there on our message archive page. We'd love for you to download or stream as many as you'd like. That's versebyverseradio.org. This is Jerry Peterson for Pastor Steve. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.